I'm Starla. I'm Mary. And I'm Jocelyn. And And we're we're the Snarky Boob Queens. This is our disclaimer. The Snarky Boob Queens podcast is for informational and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have breastfeeding difficulties or concerns about you or your child's health, please reach out to your healthcare provider or an IBCLC. Hey, you guys. We're back for our second try at a Zoom podcast. Yeah, take two, right? It's uh, like... um... Oh, what's that phrase by Yogi Berra? Um, Deja vu all over again. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were going to say Yogi Bear, like the bear that stole picnic baskets. I'm like, what did Yogi (laughs) Bear say about podcasts? Well, you know, there will be some young people on this podcast listening who think that I said it wrong, you know, because they wouldn't know Yogi Berra. (laughs) Oh, Mary. I know, I know. It's sad we're old but, but even yogi bear is kind of old guys oh, nobody yeah. knows that is either no mm-mm. like i'm pushing 40 so 25 year olds are like stealing picnic baskets wtf <laughs> in seven years i'm gonna be collecting social security and you're pushing 40 girl please shut I know. the front door yes i'm telling I know. you girls i'm gonna be 59 later this month how is that possible i don't know i know when you're this good looking you know (laughs) exactly 59 you're killing it yeah it's so weird all of my friends all of them are like in their 50s and um so i just think i'm in my 50s too so then i remember i'm not 50 and i'm like wow yeah don't think that fun this is cool (laughs) I'm 55, like everyone that I know and hang out with. So you're cool. cool. You're cool like that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm cool hanging with the 50s. So, you know, 50s <laughs> and new, like 30. I don't know. But, but oh, guess what we're that. not doing, guys? We're not stealing picnic baskets because nope. we are on our grind right now in my house. Starla, you're on your grind too because you do E2M, right? Yeah, but I, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but normally it's my grind. Yes. Like doing some serious workout, pay attention to my diet, trying to, you know, keep things balanced. And I do better when I'm in a routine and disciplined, which mm-hmm. I haven't been the last two weeks. And I sprained my ankle the other day. So that oh, yeah. is, oh. well, when we were at my mom's last, she had this really cute pair of shoes and so she can't wear them anymore. So I took them home. Well, I wore them a number of times and I wore them to church on Sunday and I landed on all fours and was horribly embarrassed, like slipped on the floor. No water. It wasn't a litigious thing, but yeah. yeah. And so then that night, um, it swelled up like an old lady cankle with big old toes and a bruise (laughs) and the whole bit. Oh, but it's not broken. No, it's not broken. And then I had to want to cuss out Express Scripts because mm-hmm. 
Have you ever dealt with them? Like I hate pharmaceutical or not pharmaceuticals, but this whole pharmacy thing because mm-hmm. they don't want to pay $25 for the tube of gel for a topical without a three-day authorization process. And I'm like, it's a freaking pandemic. What's the big problem? So long story short, um, I got all that kind of resolved and whatever. So, but yeah, so here we are. So I'm, I'm trying to stay off of the, um, you know, injury train and behave. I know it's hard. Oh, so everyone send your healing vibes to Starla. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to work. Oh, tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. So carry on, carry on. Back in the saddle. I know it's so funny. Like I, I'm one of those people that like genetically, it's just like naturally thin, but I don't, I'm not in shape. So like my husband will call me skinny Gumby, which is like, cause he's like, you're literally like Gumby. Like there's no tone. You like, cause I don't work out. I hate to work out. And so when we got back from vacation this summer, my husband, he's going to hate that I tell the story. We, so we got, we went on this gondola ride and the gondola guy called my husband Maximo. So the other guy, they're like, Oh, Maximo. As my husband gets into the gondola and he's like, I can't be Maximo. Okay. So he's (laughs) like, I need an accountability partner. Will you go in with me and like, just keep me on track and we'll work out together. And I'm like, sure, I love you. And I hate working out, but he's lost like 30 pounds. Wow. That is so great. Tell him hi. No, I'm so proud of him. And he's like a stress eater. So it's really funny. Like today he's like, we got to get cheese steaks. (laughs) Things are just not going right. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, we don't eat our feelings anymore. We just feel our feelings. So we're going to go home and we're going to grill a steak and have some asparagus. And he's like, okay. And uh, so we're making progress. Well, good for you. Oh, cool. Well, I think about good it. For him. Does that count? You just think about <laughs> it in your head? I, I think about it. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a plan, Mary? What's the, no plan. Like a, Next Monday. So now here we are. We're thinking about getting in shape, getting in shape. And now we have the holidays in front of us, which is like going to be eight <clears throat> solid weeks of just eating. So mm-hmm. we need yeah. to just be on track. That's right. We can do it. Yeah. yeah. We can do If we can survive the pandemic, we can do anything, guys. Right. No kidding. So. And then some. And then some. So in the news this week, and this is actually just was released yesterday. Um, I don't know if you saw this. So there's a lawsuit in Kentucky against a teacher who was breastfeeding. Well, the lawsuit wasn't against the teacher. The teacher brought it against the school board because they failed to accommodate her need to pump breast milk for her baby and then fired her. So... Oh my. One supervisor in the Casey County School District told Jessica Childers it wouldn't work for her to express milk at work, according to the lawsuit. We don't pay you to do nothing, the man allegedly said. Well, Ooh. they don't know it's a, first of all, a federal law. What's wrong with their HR people? And I guess 
Kentucky teachers must not be unionized. I, I guess. Probably not. I'm assuming because not. In Florida, they are. And I only know a lot of decent amount about this because my mom used to negotiate with unions when she was um, working for the school board. And she's like, absolutely, they should have pump. Like, you should have pump time. Like, that's what you do. But mm -hmm. I can't believe that they did that, knowing that this is not a new law. Mm -hmm. And then they were just being butts about it. So, yeah, like, come on, Kentucky. But even like when they do accommodate teachers, like when I, I used to volunteer a lot in the kids' school, and there'd be moms and they might have a planning period at like 9 a.m. They don't get a lunch. They have to supervise the class for lunch. And that's it. And it's mm -hmm. like, if they wanted to pump, they had to find their own coverage for their class. Yeah. yeah. And that's really <laughs> like bullshit because now here you are like a pumping mom having to like be like, hey, can you give up part of your planning period to watch my class so I can go pump milk for my baby. Like it's right. an untenable situation. Because they mm -hmm. always have a kid with them. But like I said, in states where it's unionized, they have breaks and things that are built around to accommodate. But not everybody's that fortunate to have that sort of thing. It's like nurses, you know, it's like a lot uh -huh. of people who work at a grocery store um you're stuck in a in a schedule that you doesn't is fle not flexible that your boobs may or may not agree with <laughs> my boobs were like uh this planning period doesn't work for me <laughs> no. but um you know those pump the pumps now that you wear in your bra you're yeah, like they're just very expensive so they're not really um attainable for everybody and certainly not on a teacher's salary no they're very um, expensive and they don't pump that great do they they don't uh, uh they they don't i guess from what i understand from moms that it's hard to fit the flange right your breast mm -hmm. shape and contour you know changes and fluctuates and then you can't massage and squeeze and then you know then you got to walk around looking like you got, you know, oh, yeah. soccer balls in your shirt. Like Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yes. But moms can multitask. You can tea, you can have your, uh, you know, your bra pump thing all hooked up and then still teach them. Um, yeah. Algebra two, like that's fine. Right. <laughs> Just hear this, this, the quiet humming in the background with the little faint glow of the blue lights. <laughs> all right guys we have standardized tests coming so i'm gonna need you to ignore this uh what's going on here and focus to the whiteboard please right great. wait but it's a smart board now right it's not a whiteboard anymore yeah, oh, yeah. oh my gosh yeah that's so funny um totally off topic but um i asked my kids once if they knew what clapping erasers was like what the purpose was and they thought i was talking about something dirty really they're like clapping, clapping erasers and i'm like not a euphemism i'm like it's not a rap song it's a thing that we used to do before technology existed thanks mm -hmm. right <laughs> so anyway we'll see where this goes but we're gonna follow the story because um wtf and actually 
Kentucky's breastfeeding rates are super low. Um, well, not like super low. I mean, they're low across the board, but their average it's of breastfed babies at uh, six months was 44.5% compared to 58.3% as the national average. So mm-hmm. I think ours is similar. I don't know what ours is. I haven't looked lately in South Carolina, but I bet ours is similar. Come on, mm-hmm. Southeast, get it together, eat your chicken and waffles, and breastfeed your baby. Come on. <laughs> Drink sweet tea and breastfeed, y'all. Let's go. That's right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, today we are going to talk about. A subject really near and dear, I think, to all of our hearts um, and something that we're passionate about. Um, Burnout among lactation professionals. So we're going to talk a little bit about what burnout is, symptoms of burnout, and what you can do about it. So, and this is, I mean, burnout is something that can be experienced across all workers and um, industries. And definitely is becoming a big topic of discussion in the news. So we're seeing a lot about burnout, but it's especially prevalent among healthcare professionals and lactation consultants. Mm -hmm. So burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical, and mental stress. So... We know that burnout is caused by long hours and lack of work-life balance, um, which I definitely, we see that in the lactation world. What do you think, Mary? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, just the, the long hours at the, the hospital and um, phone calls in the evening and texting, lots of texting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely feel it. Mm-hmm. And I do think too, like when you look at work-life balance, um, you know, I remember even working at WIC, right? Like I'd be ready to leave at the end of the day after eight or nine hours to go pick up my kids from after school care. And a mom would show up at like 450 and I would feel bad, right? And so I'd be like, okay, sure, I'll stay over. And then I'm picking my kids up late. And I'm like, I, I a lot of times felt like I was sacrificing my own children for other people's kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here supporting moms and babies, but what about my own family? Like that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is financial burnout. So fighting for reimbursement at a reasonable rate um, is huge. And then many hospitals treat lactation consultants as a nice to have instead of a need to have. Which don't you, you know, they kind of feel like, oh, well, we want to offer this service because we want to draw, you know, get business or say that we offer all these services but then they just want us there to kind of patch the holes, it seems. But then they don't want to invest in really a great service. It's like they don't want to have a, somebody there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Or they'll have three people that have to man that schedule. 
right right they're like oh my teaching department can you work 11 to 7 and then two days late like who will do that you can't you can't cover 24 7 with three people seven days (laughs) a week but then they want all the moms seen for every latch every day every single thing Mm -hmm. but then on the other side of their mouth they talk about well, why are you going to see that mom three times today? You already saw her once. What's the problem? Yeah. And then yeah. you get 50 pages. Remember some Saturdays, Mary? Oh. First, if you work in the baby's like 10 minutes old, he hasn't latched. Oh, and we would be it. like, what is the what? And we did <laughs> education after educational offering. Did we not, the three of us? Mm-hmm. And beat the dead horse 100,000 times. And they still were helpless. Yes. Don't yes. page me if they're just fresh out the badge. That's what I would say. <laughs> I know. I always think of you saying that. <laughs> they emerged from the womb like 0.2 seconds ago. Can you give them a minute before you like put the baby skin to skin and calm down? Ugh. Oh, yeah. Baby's still deer in the headlights. What the hell does happen to me? <laughs> Or it's been 30 minutes or, you know, they got to get a blood sugar in an hour. The baby hasn't fed in an hour. It's that one hour. I'm like, I did some digging not long ago and I, and I did a lot of digging because I'm going to do a presentation for a um, continuing ed thing that I'm renewing. And the average baby is an hour and a half old when he latches like this, the born in a hospital, not in the woods with the Chick-fil-A parking lot. <laughs> an hour and a half. Right. So I told my people, and I I say it loud and proud all the time, oh, an hour and a half, he's going to act like it for a long time, but that's when the baby's going to actually latch and the nip is going in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But the whole thing about, you know, it's kind of like we were like the ice cream man, you know, coming through the neighborhood. Oh, here I am. They just want to see lactation. Well, what do you want me to do for her? Do you want me to autograph the whiteboard? Do you want me to give her my number so she can blow it up for the next six months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yep. hard. It's really she'll call, hard. Your, she'll call you on New Year's Eve to see if she has to pump and dump after a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I mean, and that's the thing that people don't realize, you know, and I, when you go into this work, it's like you love it like you do. But, you know, once you're a lactation consultant, the word will spread. And so it's not unusual to any time of the day or random people I know on Facebook, like I'll get messages or like, I've literally gotten pictures of just nipples. Like, does this look okay? And I'm like, who is this? I heard you're a lactation consultant. Like, do I need to do anything? Like literally. And I think to myself, and I always stop what I'm doing. And if I can't see the mom or whatever, like I'll give recommendations or like, say, this is a resource in your area or whatever. But there is like this expectation that, um, we are like the, you wouldn't call any, like, I I guess it does happen to doctors and nurses too, but, um, I think there's a different level of expectation that like, you're just going to drop everything and see a mom because they do need to be seen right away, right? There's no breastfeeding emergency room for latch issues. You can't even take a baby to the emergency room for a latch issue, right? Your baby won't latch. What are you supposed to do? 
<laughs> so it becomes, you become like, you know, people are so desperate for help and there's so few of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So few of us that are like really practicing evidence-based care. I'm not yeah. saying, no, I'm not saying there's, I'm just saying some lactation consultants. I'm, I'm <laughs> just saying they're not all the same. I'm going to say it because there's, there's not a ton of people out there who are really, really, really dedicated and experienced and really good because yeah. the stuff I see um, recommended to moms on Instagram, especially is horrifying. I was yeah. washing my hair this afternoon and I was just thinking about this one video sequence, this reel that I saw yesterday and was like, is this what this has come to? Like the, the sorry, it's crappy advice. You know, moms are being told all these crazy things to do. And just because, oh, breastfeeding might not be okay for everybody. And it said with this tone of voice, like, like just because this person wants to make money and have a career and seem like they're an expert. And mm -hmm. they're doing it at a cost to where the moms aren't even getting good evidence-based care. Yeah. They're not getting someone who's going to sit down and sit next to them and go, okay, this is really going to suck for a few days, but you're going to do great at this and you're going to be fine. And I'm going to help you learn how to pump and get back to work and do all that stuff. But they tell them all these crazy things. I just don't understand scheduling their babies. What's happening? This chick doesn't even know what a milk supply is probably. No, any, anyone that says they're a lactation consultant and they're teaching you how to sleep, train, and schedule your baby oh. uh, out the gate, sorry. No. no. Nope, nope. And then they, they, they pair it with mental health. Like they make it sound like you have to do this or you're going to have a, a breakdown and your baby's going to be unsettled and you're going to have a bad marriage and all this other stuff you know it's just this assumption so the implication is that breastfeeding mm -hmm. is bad for your mental health and your marriage is that right no 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 oh. so anyway that's where i think it's sad because we i think so many women are falling into the it, it's I, I think people are preying upon them i think it's an easy um it's an easy pickings for the it's low-hanging fruit I guess to some people that hey I can find the vulnerable moms make them feel more vulnerable tell them how bad their life is and that how they can fix it and they're really going to screw up your milk supply like that's yep. really what's going to happen right no kidding yeah because these people are saying what the moms want to hear and it's just it's not it's not easy the whole thing not just breastfeeding no matter how you feed your baby this motherhood thing is not easy no. So, if I'm scheduling your kid, like that works all the time. <laughs> yeah, robo baby, right? <laughs> I had a mom once, it's like, and then at this time, me and my husband would like to eat dinner together. And I'm like, cool, you can feed your baby right before that. That doesn't mean that your baby is going to let you eat dinner. Like it's going to sit there happily and be like, mom's eating dinner. Like, Maybe they're not even going to be hungry. Maybe they just want to be held. Maybe they want, like, you can't predict, in the same way you can't predict any human being's behavior, they're mm -hmm. babies. What is it? We literally are living in insane times. 
Oh, let me tell you an example of insanity. If I could have had the two of you in the room with me, y'all would have just gone insane. So there's this reel I saw on Facebook not long ago of a mom who is nursing slash pumping for her baby. She's, you know, has the, the whole long freezer drawer full of milk that's all stored and all that. But she's doing a product review for a bottle warmer that's battery operated that'll last like 24 hours that will like heat up all your bottles. So her eh, maybe six week old, two month old, three month, somewhere in there, baby. You can hear it screaming in the background. That hunger cry that I've been pissed for 10 minutes cry. And she's busy talking about this lovely little thing that she's showing you. She's doing like a product review. And she takes it out and she gets the bottle out and she finally goes and gets the baby, picks up the baby and the baby's like biting her arm and she's shoving in the pacifier with those stupid little wooden bead clips. Oh, you know, the big clunky new rubber giant yes, entire yes. pacifiers. Yes. Okay. So she has that. The baby's got the headband on. She's all cute. And she's patting the baby incessantly and the baby is screaming her head off the whole time. And she's trying to like turn towards the mother's breast to latch on. And the chick says, oh, what? it's going to be five minutes to heat it up with this thing. And I about lost, sorry, my shit. I'm like, why don't you feed your baby? I don't care about this stupid contraption. I had to turn it off. I'm not even going to like, I can't even. Why would she not feed her child? But oh why would she record God. it in the middle of her kid screaming like, yes. WTF, are you okay? Feed the kid and then go back and talk about how great this stupid invention is when you have functioning breasts. Talk, have your husband talk about it later when you're out with your friends having a glass of wine. Right. That's exactly. who should be using it. I know. Well, and that's you want to know why we have burnout. Right. I mean, you're, we're constantly swimming upstream, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you know, best practices, you know, evidence-based care. And like, you're literally fighting a society that's like, what you do isn't important or like, okay, whatever. Like they treat what we do, like it's freaking voodoo or something like, mm -hmm. like yeah. here's, here's these ladies with Birkenstocks that came out of the woods and they just are, you know, like, you know, and it's so hard, even in the hospital setting, because we would have physicians that were like, I need you to see this mom and you need to help me make a care plan. And like, what do you think? And great. And this is what we're going to do. And they value your input and you're, you're doing, that's what you're supposed to do. And then you have other, you know, healthcare professionals that are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, I had one case and this is why I can't work at the hospital anymore. I literally worked with a mom at, in the NICU and her baby was like a 36 weeker and um, baby went to the breast and was sucking and swallowing. And she'd been exclusively breastfeeding for a few days at this point. And the output was good. And um, the billy level was like borderline, right? Like not enough to, to break out the lights, but they were watching it. And so we talked about, you know, coming down and nursing the baby more often and, and different things that she could do. And I literally went to go to the mom next door in the next bay. And the nurse practitioner literally walked in and just was like, we're giving the baby formula. And like, 
everything basically that I had said is bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was Mm -hmm. like, why am I even, I'm wasting my time here. I'm wasting my time. Yep. That's burnout. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, yeah, they don't ask for our opinions and that just drives me crazy because I had one doc one time say, well, you're a valuable part of the team. And I think it was your doc that your kids go to Starla that I, I couldn't believe it. She, he's the only person I've ever heard say that. Yeah. Um, but the other ones, no. And how many times has that happened to all of us? The exact same thing that Jocelyn just said, you make a plan, it's good. And then somebody comes in and, and derails the whole thing. Or vice versa. I, I mean, I've, we had a baby once that literally was not breastfeeding well. And I'm like, we actually need to supplement this baby. We can't get colostrum out of the mom. Like we're hand expressing in their drops. Like well, I'm concerned about this baby. And then they're like, no, that's fine. And then there's been bad outcomes. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. like, can you at least recognize that I've literally sp- spent thousands of clinical hours evaluating infant feeding and like, when I tell you a baby is not breastfeeding well, I'm not making it up. Like when a lactation consultant comes to you and says a baby is not nursing well, mm-hmm. there's no ulterior motive. There's no, like, they're not breastfeeding well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah, I've had that same thing happen. And on both sides, like a total endorsement, the baby's doing fine, mom's doing fine, everything is on schedule. Oh, we're going to keep the baby another day because I don't think the baby's feeding well, says the practitioner. Or on the flip side, they're going home at 24 hours. I just served him, he got a bath, and he's going to see the pediatrician in the morning. And I'm like, great, because I've seen him latch once and he's latched twice since birth. Right. Literally. And I said, absolutely not. And then if I've sub if I suggest supplementation, people fall out of their chairs at the desk. They're like, you said mm-hmm. what? And I said, because there is a place for that. And this baby or whatever situation, we've done all the things and this needs to happen next. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we, I don't feel that we are regarded and respected for our level of knowledge that we, in our experience that we have as, as members of the team. And I voiced this to my superiors in the past and said, then why am I here? Mm-hmm. I'm just the, the, the crazy lady, the breastfeeding lady that runs around latching the babies on all day. I'm not a latching tech. Because watch, there'll be, a, um, there'll be somebody that hires those pretty soon. There'll be a latch tech. But I think that's what I find frustrating as a professional because doesn't it make you like lose your stuff when you walk into a room and then there's a nurse or somebody else in there and go, oh, here she is. Here's the miracle worker. Here's the lactation lady I've been telling you about. And I, and then I'm like, you will stab me in the back and go right behind whatever I just said to the mom in 30 minutes. Like it, you Mm -hmm. could give a rat's ass about me really. Uh And it's just, yeah. That, well, that goes back to the, um, the myth you know have you heard the saying that nurses eat their young oh yeah and you know but I, i'm not all like nurses are great and they're awesome but there are some nurses that eat they get they're young right that you know that don't co- you know collaborate and that's hard in a, in a setting where you're already high pressure high stress overworked right 
So, but I do say that, well, that where in the hospital where I'm located now, I had a couple of um, younger nurses that are awesome who relocated from other parts of the country. And after they'd been with me, just working on the unit for a couple of weeks, they're like, you're an awesome lactation consultant. They said like, you're nice. And I said, well, what do you mean I'm nice? I know, I'm just like, I'm who I am, you know, the same person inside and outside of work. And I guess because there are some that have been given a bad rap because they, you know, put their foot down and maybe they're just very harsh about the, the law. And I said, but anybody can be that way. Yeah. But I said, you know, our philosophy, and that's why I love working with the two of you guys, because our philosophy was so similar that I felt mm-hmm. like if I did something on a shift and I, I came back the next day, we were going to have a seamless plan with adjustments made as necessary. And we all respected what each other did. Mm-hmm. And trusted each other's knowledge and expertise. And could actually yeah. take that and get really good insight and know what was going on for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think the biggest thing with burnout and, and this is for healthcare workers just in general is compassion fatigue, right? So what that is, is the broadly defined concept that includes emotional, physical, and spiritual distress in providing care to others. Um, and I always felt this because I feel like most of what we do in the hospital is like emotional support, right? Like, so going in in the morning, literally it'd be six in the morning and I'd walk up to the nurse's station. And the first thing I'd say, as I was trying to prioritize my list is who had a nervous breakdown last night? (laughs) Because they do. You're, I mean, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with people who are like in a crisis. A lot of times, like it's the biggest transition of your life and you're going in and supporting supporting them or providing care. And it's, it's exhausting. I can't, I mean, how many times do we, what percentage time are you walking into a room and the mom is Christ mm-hmm. is having a breakdown a lot? Yeah. Yeah. How many times in a day are you emotionally invested? Pretty much every time you walk into a room, mm-hmm. that is a lot. That's tiring. <laughs> Well, and like you said, Jocelyn, when you're talking about working at WIC, you know, here we're taking care of other people all day long. We are filling ice pitchers. We are fluffing pillows. We're taking phone calls from people who can't even speak because they're crying so hard. Um, You're having to constantly move and pivot and move to the next thing. And it is very, very draining. But we get our batteries charged a lot of times by those same situations, which I think is so crazy because as soon as you walk into a room and you shut the door and you pull up a chair or you see the mom with the baby and you have that moment where it just blows and then you get some of it back because then you've got Mm -hmm. three more rooms that a 36 week set of boy twins are going to be in. And all the night shift could figure out how to do is a nipple shield, a football hole and a tight squaddle. (laughs) and then you're like head banging but I think where um it's just it's difficult because we gotta we gotta figure out how to balance that and I think recognizing when we're in that state and then trying to do something about it before we just walk away from the profession because I don't know what the statistics are but I don't think there's a ton of people that have actually taken the exam 
which we have to take every 10 years more than once or twice. Like there's probably a very, there's a small minority of people that will take it the third time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I even know for me, like I don't work in lactation every day. Like I will still see people and I will still do consults on a very limited basis. Like, you know, so I just do a lot of advocacy and education because for me, I know right now at this stage in my life, I emotionally cannot give what I need Mm -hmm. to give to Mm -hmm. provide lactation services eight hours a day. I just can't like, I don't have it in me. Um, and you need to be really mentally strong to be able to do it every day, all day, every day. And, um, I mean, that's why I really feel bad right now with COVID lasting as long as it has, because like healthcare workers are just tired and done. You just can't every day. It's every day. It's a, it's a challenge, you know, to take Mm -hmm. care of people because you have to be on and you need to take care of them and you need to, but like, who's taking care of you? Like, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's the challenge in healthcare. Yeah. And you do have to get to that before you realize that before you totally um, burn out and, it takes a lot to do the, the whole self-care thing. Know what you need and when you need it and take time off if you can. Um, do things that recharge your batteries, yoga, exercise, just spending time with friends, sleeping in late, whatever it is for you, reading a book yeah. on the beach. Um, you need that for yourself. Um, and then big picture, if um, you know maybe Maybe it is thinking about moving along, not out of the profession, but maybe elsewhere to a different um, type of lactation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Starla, do you wanna talk about how you would know possibly that you are on the verge of burnout? Yes, so there's a little story kind of came to mind when Mary was talking just a second ago that, um, it's funny when people have a baby and then you're not there for some reason, or they didn't get to see you. And then you hear about the, well, I didn't get to see lactation Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. I was here. Mm -hmm. And so one lady said that when she came back to have her other, her next kid. And she said that to me. And I said, when was your kid? When was your last one born? Because I was the only one at that hospital for years. Yeah. And I said, well, was it in April? Because that's when I got married. Oh, I might have been on my honeymoon. Or wait, was it the next year when I had my neck fusion? Oh, I don't wait a minute. Or was it with my gallbladder surgery? (laughs) Or when I had my hysterectomy? Like those were the four times I've not been at work for an extended period of time. <laughs> and then I was like bitter because this person was just like, well, you weren't here. I'm like, well, sorry, because I was up on the fifth floor neurospine center, getting my neck fused, bending over beds all day long. And then I uh, went, maybe I need a couple of days off in my head because I I was just so angry because I was angry at my organization for short staffing our department. And then mm-hmm. angry at myself for like letting this happen. But what do you do? But 
you know, having that you, you kind of feel like if your performance is slipping, um, I talked to people in other professions, like hairstylists are kind of like in the same thing because people are desperate to get their hair done. I can say that because mine um, had back surgery two weeks ago and <laughs> um, you get these physical symptoms of exhaustion. You are moody. You have mood swings, um, having periods where you either are oversleeping or you can't get up in the morning when the alarm goes off. You're just like, oh gosh, not again. Um, all those things where you, maybe other people who are around you can kind of see what those burnout symptoms are maybe before you can. Um, I can kind of tell when something's kind of creep and I don't get really true burnout per se, but I'll have periods of like, just eh, kind of like apathy. And I got other things going on in my life that I may have to spend more attention to. So I'll pull back a little bit more, but I mean, I, I love what I do. I enjoy it very much. And I like the role that I'm in because I get to go to deliveries and do very different things every single day, um, which is really fun. Um, except one day I almost caught a baby, but needless <laughs> to say, and it wasn't in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Um, but also getting to take care of sick babies and, and using the level two skills that I had used a long time ago. But so that's given me some flexibility to be able to do that. But, but it's interesting that, you know, Jocelyn, you've adjusted your career path, Mary, you're reducing your hours and your practice setting. I'm reducing my hours. I mean, what does that tell you? that all three of us here are. Yeah. And it, but it bothers me though, when I look at the next generation coming up, who is going to carry the torch past where we are? Not that we know everything, but I, I just see this big shift happening and the way that we were taught and the art and the skills that we have, I hope that they don't get lost. I hope that um, we have great people mm -hmm. coming behind us that that we can, and there's a couple of girls I'm mentoring kind of along that I can see in the next five or seven years may want to step into that role too. Um, but, you know, just, I think if we had just understand and we can kind of care for each other um, and I think being able to, to identify with moms and go, yeah, it's like a sucky place to be because mm -hmm. you're tired and, and you just keep giving and giving and giving. But I think that that compassion that we have we just keep pulling it out of somewhere and we just keep giving it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I just thought of? What we're doing right here, right now is our self-care. It's being friends and talking to each other. We get all this stuff off of our chest. And by the way, maybe help some people listening um, and just be able to you know, be together and share stories. And it just helps so much. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yes, I agree. I, I, and I think about the ways that, you know, the, the ways that we all three met and, and came together and the, the patients that we have shared and the stories, and we wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I think it's a really cool thing that we're able to do this. And, um, and, and when I tell people, I tell something that I have a podcast, they're like, oh, you have a podcast? <laughs> yeah and there happens to be a fairly famous person that I'm gonna see if we can get on our <gasps> podcast yes. she just got back from Mexico from a trip so I'm gonna be reaching out to her um, we're putting Starla in charge of PR for the podcast 
I don't know, but I will say if we can get her on, it'd be cool because she had Matthew McConaughey on her podcast. <sighs> no, wait a minute. Are we saying who this is or is this a secret? It, well, we haven't confirmed it yet. So I haven't know. confirmed it yet. Well, but you I, haven't told I, me. I thought we well, texted about it. <laughs> well, there was a, our, our church had a women's conference a few weeks ago and I went and they bring like real powerhouse speakers. It was like, I don't know, a thousand people there. And one of the speakers was from the West coast and, um, does a not-for-profit, um, clothing and accessories line that are made in another country like a third world country by women and the money Mm -hmm. is sent back there to empower and educate and to like provide these women what they need for their families and and their growth or whatever well the person that's the president of this company spoke at this conference and i happened to find out that she's breastfeeding her baby And she has a very powerful story about um, when she was ill with COVID at the end of her pregnancy and was very quite ill um, and talked about pumping when I listened to her podcast. And I was like, she would be such a cool person to have. Well, yeah. From the standpoint of being a woman in the corporate world that's really doing a cool thing, who is balancing breastfeeding with international travel and being a mom and you know, kind of all the stuff that we, we bounce around about on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought. And then oh. um, we have a coworker that is in the process of weaning her two-year-old little girl. And um, I mm-hmm. think it'd be fun to have her on sometime because she has certainly, um, you know, she had, gosh, has college age kids. And now a two-year-old who's in the weaning process and um, works a lot and pumps a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it could be a great voice too for moms. We're going to get it together and we're going to, <clears throat> we're going to do our whole 2022 plan and have all our people and yes, Ooh. it'll be good. So, but we need to just pace ourselves so we don't burn out. Right. Uh, we got to get Jocelyn's house renovation done. Oh my God, it's going to be done soon. It's we can come and help you paint. My husband is an amazing, let me tell you, if you want any painting, yeah. seriously, he's is all he good at molding cuts though. Girl, we paid somebody for that. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. That, everybody oh. that I know that's ever done it has like figured out after the fact, like, oh, there's a trick to that. Yeah, my husband's <laughs> like, we're wasting money on all this wood. And I'm like, it's not wasted money. It's practice. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're halfway it. there. We'll get there. But we hired a, we hired a team in our last house. And thank goodness this one already had in there. Cause I'm like, thank God. Cause we're not doing that. It is. But we'll paint. We'll paint all day long. Guys, 2022 is our year. We're going to have our shiz together. We'll have our guests lined up. The pandemic will be over. Feel normal. Let's just put it out to the universe. Everyone's gonna want to breastfeed. So yeah, right. Twenty-two. I really get my practice off the ground. Yes, right. Lactation on demand. Lactation on demand. Coming to a city near you. So (laughs) for our takeaways, lactation consultants are at high risk for burnout due to the nature of our profession. It's important to seek support systems that 
personal and professional boundaries and prioritize self-care. If you're concerned about burnout and need additional resources, we recommend that you reach out to your doctor. So we'd love for you to send your feedback or anything you'd like us to cover. Just drop us a line. You can email us at the queens at gmail.com. You can follow, follow us Facebook. on the... <laughs> Where are we following Star? <laughs> follow us on Facebook at the Snarky Boob Queens. <laughs> or follow us on Instagram at the Snarky Boob Queens. <laughs> and at the Whoa, it's late. And until next time, when it's down, whip it out. All right. Woo!